Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Haug, founder of the international online coaching business, Team Ange. I'm an expert in building muscle and losing fat, a natural figure and fitness pro athlete with the UFE, and a lover of everything personal development. I'm a mom, a businesswoman. Most days, I just feel like a hot mess trying to keep it all together. I spent the first two decades of my life overweight, tired, hating vegetables, and living off Pepsi. I got sick and tired of feeling tired every day and decided to transform my life. This fitness and nutrition podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering listeners on all things training, nutrition, and personal development. I'm on a mission to help you improve your body, achieve your goals, live a confident and fulfilled life stepping into your full potential. So let's help you transform physically and mentally to a person that's been hiding underneath all along. Let's do it. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. Before we dive into the conversation that I had all about Candida, I wanted to tell you guys a little story that was on my mind. So the story that I got thinking about the other day was how I used to feel when I first started on my journey. This was almost a decade ago and I remembered making the decision, hey, you know what, I really wanna lose weight really want to see changes in my body. I had been overweight for the first two decades of my life and just really decided that something had to change. Now, at that point, I had no idea where to start. All I knew was that chicken and fruit was healthy and water. (laughs) So I had no idea what to eat, had no idea how to meal prep, and really just that was the foundation that I started with. Chicken was the only real protein that I was having and I just had a bunch of fruit. And because that was so different than the way I had been eating up until that point, I really was able to get some pretty great weight loss results from that. Now, what became of that was obviously you can't live off of just two foods for the rest of your life. So at that stage, I really started to dive into the magazines, to surround myself with people that were living the same lifestyle. But I just remember this overall feeling of overwhelm and confusion. And I was like, I I, I just didn't know what I was going to do. I was doing some exercise videos at home. My form was probably horrible. I had no idea Um, where I was going to go from there and the thought of going into a gym environment and picking up a barbell or or picking up a weight was just like so intimidating to me. So I kept thinking about that and um, what it really got me thinking about was, oh my god, I wish that there would have been something that came along at that point that was able to help make sense of the mess. Somebody that kind of came along and was like, hey, this is what you need to do. And whether that was because I didn't look for the opportunities or because I was living in a small town, whatever it was, it wasn't something that I did. I was just kind of making mistakes and learning as I was going. And not to say that it's bad to make mistakes and to try a whole bunch of different things and and figure out what works and what doesn't work but there's certainly a more efficient way to get the job done and to be able to get those results and really that's what lights my soul on fire because I see so many of you and I understand it I understand that feeling of overwhelm I understand that feeling of being intimidated by the gym environment and really that that's why we created some of the programs and some of the events that we hold within our company so If any of that resonates with you and you're like listening to this and you're thinking, oh my God, that is totally me. I need somebody to show me the ropes. I need somebody to help me get started. Give me the tips that I need in terms of meal prep. Show me how to make this whole journey 
quick and as efficient as possible because time is really money guys so I don't want you guys to spin your wheels year after year feel as though you're always overwhelmed that you're always jumping from diet to diet and you're not sure how to make sense of all of it I want to give you that confidence to feel great in your skin that confidence to walk into the gym and just feel freaking awesome and that's why it gives me so much joy to share with you guys that we created a brand new event this year that is going to touch the lives of so many people and that is our beginner level T-Man's training camp that is happening on Saturday May 11th there's only a few spots left and this is a one day event that I can promise you is going to totally transform your life. Right now we have early bird pricing on so it's regular $249 Canadian on for $199 Canadian for just a couple more days okay so if you're listening to this and any of this is resonating you're like oh my god I just need Ange to really help me out with this I really hope that you'll join me and the amazing women that will be getting together on Saturday, May 11th in Gory, Ontario, Canada. For the full details and to sign up, head on over to teamandstrainingcamp.com to get all the details. Now, let's get into today's chat, and that is with a lady by the name of Sue, and we are talking all about candida. So really, we talk about what is candida, some of the symptoms, some of the causes of it, and what to do if you have it. Like we dive into some strategies for prevention. And really, if this is something that you're suffering from, often for women, it can be yeast infection after yeast infection. And you don't really know why it is that you keep on having these yeast infections over and over and over. So we dive into some ways that you're able to manage that with your nutrition and also just kind of those red flags to look out for. Because sometimes we're not able to connect the dots and say that it is the overgrowth of yeast or that it is candida that we have, but it's something that's super, super prevalent. So I thought this would be a really great topic. It was actually one of our listeners that had suggested talking about this. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode and let's get into it. If you just want to kick things off by telling everybody who you are, Sue, and what it is that your business does. I'm Susan Mullen. I am the owner of Pandora's Pantry Natural Foods in Wingham and Listowel. I've been working in the industry for about 27 years and um, yeah, it's been interesting. It's not something that I ever thought I would do. It was not my background. But it's been great, and I I wouldn't change it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you say that you didn't think that you were going to go down this path. What do you mean by that? Um, well, it had always been a personal interest, but um, I was gearing up to go into nursing, and um, it kind of got derailed halfway through my prep. Um, when my last child was born unexpectedly, and um, so I kind of was off for a year sort of thinking okay now I've got to start all over again and um, got an offer to work in uh, what was then Cowan's Country Store in Wingham and I started there when my youngest child was just a little over a year and that was 27 years ago. So did you decide to take it over then and buy the business? Yeah Yeah. Um, Beth Fulton and I were both hired to work together and um Oh, about a year and a half, two years into it, Ken decided that he wanted to sell the location and were we interested and we were and uh, that was the beginning. So um, I guess Pandora's will be celebrating its 25th anniversary starting in October. Gotcha. Now, what's kept you in the industry? Have you found yourself essentially really 
growing passionate about the industry or what's really held you on to continue on with the business for so many years? Um, passionate about it, yes. Um, and personal interest and people. Uh, the people who come in are just absolutely amazing. We hear anything and everything on a daily basis. No two days are the same. It's incredibly interesting and um, very, very fulfilling and rewarding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I imagine that you would be able to witness and hear people's transformations and them coming in with symptoms and ailments and you being able to provide some relief in that department. Am I correct with that assumption? Yep, you are. Um, we can't recommend because we're not allowed legally to do that, but um, we can provide information and suggestions on various uh, possible solutions. We can um, help with, you know, helping people optimize their health through with nutrition, making sure that all the nutritional bases are, are covered. Um, and then, you know, if they're talking about deficiencies or ongoing chronic health problems, um, we can either suggest to them, you know, pursuing a naturopathic approach uh, through one of the, the naturopaths in the area or offering them, you know, access to reference material and pointing them down a path where they can maybe find some answers. It's a lot of listening. And um, I think somebody described it best when they said that it was probably about 30% um, psychologist and, mm-hmm. um, and, and 30%, uh, you know, healthcare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, do you kind of know how we got connected and, and how this all came to be, Sue? Um, well, I had popped by the store and Deb Hamilton had said that you had called and were looking for somebody to um, speak with about Candida. So, um, so that was, that's as much as I know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we have quite a few people in, in common. I used to, well, I'm from Teeswater, but um, I used to work at the Wingham gym there. And then also Carrie Ann Cameron is an employee of mine. I saw her a couple days ago when she had mentioned that you guys had a pretty good relationship as well. Yes, we do. Yeah. And Carrie Ann had worked with us for a couple of years. Um, Oh, probably 10 years ago. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's get into this whole Candida talk. We had some people who listened to the podcast and uh, who are connected to me through social media that had requested that I have somebody come on and talk about Candida. And so I just want to kind of kick things off for uh, the listeners and and talk about what is Candida and uh, some of the symptoms that people might be seeing if it's something that they're experiencing. So Candida is um, defined as an overgrowth of the Candida albicans bacterium um, in the um, entire digestive tract. So the symptoms can range from fogginess, um, brain fog, aches and pains, um, sort of mild flu-like conditions, aching joints, just an overall feeling of um, being unwell, not great, but not awful, but just not feeling like they're living up to their full potential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you see that it happens in a certain age 
or a certain population, or does it te- or does it tend to be something that's pretty widespread? It's pretty widespread. It's not particular to any age um, or um, gender specifically. Um, women tend to come in more often. Um, one of the one of the first signs that women tend to have is they'll come in um, with vaginitis or vaginosis. So it's when the vaginal area becomes red, inflamed, and you know itchy. There might be some discharge, um, and that's kind of the first sort of sign that somebody has that, you know, I've got a yeast infection. That's kind of the the common thing that people come in with. And from there, it sort of goes to, okay, what's your diet like? And that's really the basis because diet is what really ultimately can be your your best aid in trying to, to get it under control. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about a particular diet and, and the things that we may be eating to influence that, can we be a little bit more specific about what sources of food can cause that kind of overgrowth? Yep, definitely. Anything with simple sugars. The biggest culprits, and I'm sure you'll sort of see the correlation here, is um, breads, pastas, rolls, muffins, cookies, um, or coffee with, you know, uh, the double-double um, triple, triple, we're just overloaded with the simple sugars. And even people, um, I mean, honey and maple syrup are better choices in terms of sweeteners, but there's still sugar. So if somebody has an issue, it's best to eliminate all sugars and all simple sugars um, in any form. Absolutely. Now, what about things like alcohol? We had some questions online from listeners and they were saying, what about things like the red wine that I drink a couple nights a week? Could that be a source like of that sugar being in the system, right? Yep, absolutely. Yep. Any spirits, any alcoholic beverages, any juices. Um, Some fruits are higher in sugars than others. Some vegetables are also higher in sugars than others. So things that we don't commonly think about but are part of it, can contribute to it, are peas, corn, carrots in their cooked state um, because they, they have high amounts of naturally occurring sugars. Mm, that's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So when we, usually what we advise somebody is to, um, we do have a kit at the store, which is a candida cleanse kit. Um, People can try that to help. Um, A good probiotic is often suggested. But again, the diet is suggested. So it would look like, um, let's see, I'm trying to think, salads are fine. Um, nuts and seeds are fine. Um, there are many things that need to be cut out. So it's a pretty limited diet for the first little bit until things start to improve. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. No grains of any kind. So you're pretty much left with nuts, seeds, lean cuts of uh, meat for your proteins um, and salads and steamed vegetables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, is it possible that it's not always diet? Is there other causes that could be affecting candida or is it always related to diet? 
Um, generally speaking, it is, it's mostly always related to diet. I'll qualify that by saying that infants can be impacted. Um, so if mom has an overgrowth of, of candida during pregnancy, um, an infant can be born with the, an overgrowth of the bacterium. It will show up as thrush mm-hmm. in an infant. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the um, red inflamed mouth difficulty latching if they're being breastfed, um, irritation. I mean, it's painful for an infant because it stings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot of people come to that conclusion that it's diet related when it's happening within the infant? Um, nope. <laughs> not yeah. at all. I was going to say, I, I've never, I've never heard or read of that. Not that I'm not that I'm well versed in that, but I wouldn't automatically assume that that would be the, the connection. So I'm, yeah, that made me, made me think, I, I don't know if many people would know or even think to explore that as being the solution. No, they don't. A lot don't at all. Um, you know, a lot come in and, and they'll, they'll say, um, you know, I had to have antibiotics in the final trimester of my pregnancy or, you know, right around delivery. And now the baby's got thrush. So, you know, they'll relate it more to that. Um, but really, it is more about an, a bacterial imbalance. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Now, what do we do if we have it? We change the diet, we make those changes, we maybe do the kit that you had suggested. Are there other things that can either prevent it or just help you with the symptoms that you might be experiencing? So you can, in the morning, it's suggested that you um, have a before consuming anything else, that you um, have a glass of warm water with um, juice of half a lemon in it. That gets your digestive process going first thing in the morning. It also creates a more alkaline ash in the digestive tract. So it becomes less favorable for the candida to um, proliferate. Take a, a good probiotic or eat um, probiotic-rich foods. And those would be things like fermented foods, like um, naturally fermented yogurt, kefir, um, sauerkraut, kimchi, lacto fermented juices, something like um, sauerkraut juice, celery juice, water, lots of water, um, cranberry juice diluted in water. Um, that sort of, that would be kind of the beginning to your day. Mm-hmm. So Lots of fluids. Um, and the idea behind having the bacterial-rich foods is that they will start to colonize and um, crowd out the candida bacterium. So we always, as humans, we will always have a certain level of candida albicans in our digestive tract. They're just one of the trillions of bacterial cells that live in there. It's when they get out of whack and they start to overgrow that there's a problem mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gotcha and we almost need a good balance of bacteria between the two to 
allow that that they're in balance too. Am I hearing that right, Sue? That if yeah. you have a yeah. if you have lots of good bacteria, we can also kind of fight off some of that overgrowth. Yes, that's correct. Hmm. Hmm. So, what about in kids? Are their requirements the same? I, I feel like there's so many like sugary snacks and all those kinds of kinds of things on the market. So is that something we should be looking at when we're raising our children? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that strikes me the most with young mums, um, and and not all young mums, but certainly we see it in the store, and that's this notion that kids need to have some kind of a treat in their day and often that treat tends to be quite sugary whether it's gummy bears or you know highly concentrated sweet like apricots um, a dried fruit they're high in sugars as well so really getting back to a more whole uh, diet and um, you know providing children with choices that are I'm going to say you know more like what I would have been raised on so uh, vegetable you know uh, celery sticks and carrot sticks and um, I know that there are a lot of nut allergies around that can be a bit of a problem especially if your children go to daycare or are in you know public school there's an I know there's a large no nut policy but seeds are certainly appropriate hummus can be, you know, uh, kids seem to enjoy hummus and dips, um, fresh fruit, apple slices, oranges. There's lots of choices. I think we just don't think of them. Or when we're reaching for, um, say, yogurts for children, we tend to pick up the ones that have the fruit already stirred in. But um, in something like that, the the sugars that are created from the fruits being in the stirred directly into the yogurt actually can kill off some of the beneficial bacterium that are in there. So it's really better to have a plain yogurt and just add fresh fruit into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and your taste buds evolve to that too, right? Like I think sometimes kids and even adults we we think we're craving the sweets and it's our taste buds have been so adapted to that but when we decrease the amount of sugar in our diet we our taste buds evolve to that and then when you have something that's incredibly sweet it almost becomes like like too much so I think it's so important to create the palate for the child that isn't necessarily going to be leaning in the direction to be those sweets all of the time to have it so that the plain yogurt with the fruit being in there that being sweet enough to satisfy their taste buds yeah absolutely yes that's it exactly Mm -hmm. um yeah because kids will try lots of things um I'm always you know quite impressed when I see little ones you know like grabbing an avocado and just you know chewing it back or um yeah I I I just think the more options we give them of whole foods the better Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And I think the other big part is is children really want to mirror the behavior that they're seeing. So we can't expect that our children are going to make these big shifts in their diet if we're not willing to be on board and, and participating in that as well. Like instead of saying, oh, you should eat this or you should have that, it's more so, oh, mommy and daddy are already having that. So then in turn, that becomes the behavior that they're modeling. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, there's no point in saying to the child, yeah, you can't have this and watching mom and dad consume exactly. whatever it is. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and they're looking at, oh, great, I've got like an apple slice with peanut butter on it. Yum. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so, so common for parents to say, well, I can't get my kids to eat healthy or they're so picky. They won't try this or they won't do that. But I think it starts at such a young age to get that open-mindedness and that exposure to vitamins and nutrients and lots of different uh, variety in the diet versus leaning on those convenience foods that are highly marketed to children. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, having a variety and not making an issue out of mealtime and just, you know, you as the adult, you have control over the grocery cart. So don't buy anything that you aren't comfortable with them having at any point in time. And I'm not saying don't ever have, you know, the sweet snacks, but they're a treat and they're not meant as a staple part of, of their diet. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to be a daily requirement, right? Like I don't no. think we need to to make it like, oh, no matter what, we always have this sweet thing every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we just assume that that's what they want and then that becomes the behavior because we're trying to. <laughs> and of course, like it's the, the tricky part too as parents is like we want our kids to be happy and joyful and like just be enjoying themselves right so as parents it can be easy to just give them the thing that's delicious and that they really really want not thinking in turn about how that's going to impact their health in the long term right exactly and the other thing too is you know most parents today both of them are working and traveling to and from um, where their place of employment is. And so time becomes very crunched. And so it is easier and more convenient to just pop in and out of someplace and get something that's already prepared. And, you know, um, about 20 years ago, in in an effort to reduce the amount of um, trans fats in foods, a lot of food manufacturers added more sugar to to foods so it really is a double-edged sword you know it it's um if you if you can't pronounce what's in it you probably shouldn't be swallowing it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and just it's almost like that simplification process right like we try to make food so complicated and we try to make it like carbs and fats and proteins. And I work in that space, so I, I talk about those yeah. things. But at the end of the day, like keeping it as simple as possible is your best bet. When you try to get into all these manufactured foods, There's, you're. I feel like you're just, I don't know, <laughs> chasing, chasing trouble in some capacity. And when you just even look at the way that bodies have evolved and what bodies look like at what ages, there's something yeah. going on with food, it's un 
undeniable. <laughs> Something is oh, going yeah. on with food. So I think we can't ignore it. We need to definitely take action and uh, identify that that's something, uh, yeah, something to, yeah. Something to focus well, on. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the best things has been the um, you know the changes to the Canada's food guide, removing um, fruit juices as a, a fruit category. Yes, <laughs> um, has been I think is is a huge step in the right direction. I mean, kids don't need fruit juice, and certainly not in the quantities that they've they've become accustomed to drinking, mm-hmm. and water is really all that's necessary mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and uh yeah yeah and it, it's it's funny because even when it comes to the water thing I even think that's something that like adults really struggle with I feel like so many adults are like I don't like plain water and it yep. just it makes me laugh like I I understand I understand maybe it's just not something but every system in your body requires water to function so it blows my mind that we like we need like we need it to live so it just just is mind-blowing to it's mind-blowing to me when so many people say I well I just can't drink plain water it's so boring I'm just yeah yeah, Yeah. as they're you know chugging back their fourth coffee of the day with whatever is in it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Are there other things that come to mind for you when you think about just the ways that things are are trending? You've now been in the industry for a segment of time. So I'm sure you've seen lots of things going on in the industry. So in terms of what's going on now within the industry, Sue, are there things that really drive you crazy? Like things that are coming up that just I don't know, boil your blood a little bit. I feel like there's there's just those topics for me that I'm just, I can't believe the industry is going in that direction. And and uh, so is there anything like that, that uh, that's coming up well, for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, 25 years ago, the average consumer coming into a health food store was better educated. Um, they came in with some knowledge and, and a willingness and a desire to learn more. Um, and they were quite dedicated in terms of wanting to improve their, their overall health. And they were willing to, to look at the whole picture. And in the last couple of years, um, just with the, the explosion everywhere about health, um, we've created this bad culture hops from one fad to the next Mm -hmm. and I I think it's this whole notion that we can fix something with one thing and um, you know I had someone earlier today who came in because a family member was experiencing some issues and I I kept trying to say okay this is great that they're taking product X but you know they really need to be looking at improving overall base nutrition. And if you improve overall base nutrition, then the bad products or the designer products, as we call them, will work better. So, you know, and, you know, folks who come in now, 
maybe have been grappling with an issue for months, years even, and this idea that, you know, you can come in, buy one product, take it for a couple of days, and it's going to, you know, you're miraculously going to notice a difference. It, the notion is just, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh-huh. To think like, I think there's a few factors that really contribute to that. But yeah, there's, you need a holistic approach. Like there's absolutely no, like supplementation can help, but at the root of it and the foundation is, are you moving your body and are you eating healthy foods and really <laughs> nourishing yourself? And I always talk about like supplements are at the top of the pyramid, like all the other yes. things that are beneath it are going to make a bigger impact than the one or two products that you plan to have. And I can under, I, you probably hear like you recommend something to somebody, they probably come back and say, hey, this didn't work or I was expecting this and I didn't get that. There's just this expectation absolutely of this miraculous result. And I also just, I don't think people want to put the work in. I really don't think people like... <laughs> it's 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 sheer laziness like effort to take care of yourself is terrible and it's like it's one of those things where it's like well I don't have time to take care of myself and it's like well you're either going to take care of yourself now or you're going to end up in a hospital bed way earlier than you want to be so take your pick on which one you want to right yep and what's alarming is for the first time in history the mortality rate is trending downward mm-hmm. or sorry upward in terms of age um so you know where the average sort of canadian mortality rate for women i think is 84 years of age and men is 82 mm-hmm. my generation so i'm a baby boomer my generation and younger are actually expected to have a shorter life expectancy mm. because of our lifestyle and dietary habits that's very interesting. That's not something I've heard. Oh, huh. it, it, it's out there. <laughs> and it's I believe out. it. No, and I know, and I believe it without a doubt, without a doubt. I, yeah, yeah. And the unfortunate part about it is we're in a place where there's programs everywhere, there's information everywhere. Like, it's not, there's not a shortage of information about what's going on in terms of it. But we've almost got into a place of information overload that, People just can't even make sense. They almost became like, it's almost, I don't want to say stupider, but it is a little bit of becoming stupider because they've almost been inundated with too much information. A little bit that. And, and I think a lot of it is, um, is time, you know, just having the actual amount of time that is necessary to, to move your body. You know, most people get up, um, they're, dress showered out the door in a vehicle driving mm-hmm. for however long half hour 45 minutes um one way into work walk in and a lot of positions are sedentary positions so now you're sitting all day long mm-hmm. and in, instead of um you know taking a lunch break going to the gym going for a walk doing something a lot more people are eating at their desks Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then the stress. So now we've got high cortisol levels going on, and 
and then, you know, hop back in the car, drive home, run kids to, you know, if you've got children and you're running them to activities, you know, you're just, you're on the go so much. And then, you know, oh, by the way, when you, once you finally do get home and throw food at somebody, <laughs> um, there's still laundry and everything else at home that needs doing. Mm-hmm. So what? your day can feel very compressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's to blame for it? Oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, that's, that's a bigger question. It, it's not universal. <laughs> No, like if you look oh. at the entire world, operating mm-hmm. in this capacity is not the way that the whole world is going. Absolutely not. I would say no. there's even lots of parts of Canada that that aren't in that way. Like I lived on the West Coast for an extended period of time, and I seriously think British Columbia operates at a way slower pace than anything I've experienced in Ontario. <laughs> so. It's, yep. yeah, it's, a, it's the employee, like, I don't want to say it's the employer, but it's, it's employment for sure is one of the factors. I also think there's this, I don't know, there's this pressure to always be thinking about the next thing or like, like this, this escape from just being present in the now and what's going on. Like we almost become so overscheduled and so consumed by life that we're no longer living. We're just kind of like chasing it one day to one day at a time. Right. Yep. Yep. I think so. And I think too, sometimes, you know, our devices, although they're meant to um, help us and uh, make our life easier, they can actually complicate our lives as well. Um, something as you know simple as looking at a Facebook page and people present what they want the world to see. It's not always an accurate reflection of what's going on in someone's life. And if all you're looking at are happy, smiling faces and you kind of think into your own life and think, okay, they all seem really happy and relaxed. What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. There's that, you know, sort of comparing ourselves without really um, thinking about it, <laughs> just sort of surface thinking about it. Um, I I have friends who, as part of their, their work culture, they are handed their BlackBerry and they're told, answer it. And if that's 2 a.m., it's 2 a.m. and you answer that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just absolutely absurd. I don't know why anybody would do that, but. For some, it's it's part of their employment package. Yeah. For me, it's like, is the root of it that we're only ever living our life for other people or only ever living for the validation or the, the something? Like, I think about it, oh, so many other cultures. You go and your job is so irrelevant. Like, when... when here in like Ontario or Canada, like even North America, mm-hmm. there's this conversation of when you ask somebody who they are, they immediately go to their job, right? They immediately go of this is who I am versus the conversation of but who are you as a person? And perhaps yeah. people's identity becomes so wrapped up in that whole concept of what it is that they do as a job that they no longer really like it almost gives them like this sense of purpose. And so they put all of their power and energy into it, not realizing what kind of impact that's having on the other areas of their life, right? 
Yeah, I think so. And I also, it's generational as well. I mean, when I was young growing up, it was, you know, get a good education, um, get married, settle down, but get a good job because you have to have a really good job and you've got to have, you know, a good income and you've got to work. And that work ethic kept being emphasized. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my children's generation, of which you are part of, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, you know, we kind of um, encourage them to explore, you know, like find something that makes you feel really good. And, you know, hopefully you can support yourself while you're doing it. So, you know, we really kind of shifted the messaging to our, our kids. And, um, and I certainly see it with my own kids. Um, they tend to, <clears throat> excuse me, um, they tend to work in, in things that interest them. And, you know, whether or not they have things is not the driving force in their life. Their mm-hmm. relationships are, are um, I, not that. I don't value my relationships because they do, but um, they value them in a in a very different way than what my generation has. Like the relationships with their peers, you mean? I think so. Peers and offspring, um, mm-hmm. and families. Um, families tend to be, um, you know, at one time you could say that the nuclear family um, was very split and fragmented because travel became very um, easy to do and jobs are all over the place and then the late 90s and early 2000s arrive and social media arrives and that has been a real connector for people so you know for say my daughter um, who is in Australia at the moment um, she's still in contact with everybody all over the globe Mm-hmm. And to her, that's just the way it is. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And also just that, you know, she, her mantra is, if it won't fit in a backpack and I can't carry it along with me, then I have too much stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Do you think yeah. that you um, cultivated that in her? I have no idea who cultivated that in her. That is just, yeah, I, I really don't know because um, she she will say that I am a hoarder and that I have too much stuff. So I don't know. Maybe it's her rebellion. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's very interesting. Um, cool. Well, Sue, I just want to wrap up our conversation today sure. with a few with a few questions okay. that I yeah that I like to end every podcast with. Um, so the first one is, uh, how long or where do you see your business evolving from this point? Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, like, do you plan I, on selling it? Do you plan on passing it along to somebody? Do you plan on staying there for another 20 years? What is it, uh, do you envision at this me, time? At this time, I'm probably looking at working and owning the business for probably the next five to 10 years. I'm not ready to retire and um, don't know when I'll be ready to retire. I, I, I really enjoy what I do and um, I don't know that I could just 
you know, sit quietly at home. That would that would drive me crazy. Um, but we have recently had a fairly big turnover uh, for Pandora's in both locations. We've had staff who have retired, and so they've, you know, moved on to other facets in their life. And um, so it's been a real shift for us. But we have some new staff that are young and enthusiastic and energetic and um, and it's really exciting to see that and um, so yeah I would love to be able to say that you know in the next five to ten years that hopefully um, out of maybe some of the staff that that they might want to you know own the business at some point it would be lovely to see it continue um, I feel like we we provide a, a service within the community, and um, and yeah, it would be sad to see it go. Um, not so much for all the years of work that Beth and I put into it, but just um, just that I think it, there's a real relevance, um, and that people have questions and they want answers, and and it's one place where where people can come in and, and ask questions and get answers. So for that, I'm really quite pleased. Yeah. And even, I would even say in a small town, providing those types of things that a lot of times aren't found in the grocery stores. Yeah, exactly. Or, um, yeah, or even we've had some folks move up from, you know, urban areas um, and and they've come in and been pleasantly surprised, you mm-hmm. know, said, um, yeah, we can find what we're looking for. We thought we'd have to travel back to Kitchener or London or wherever mm-hmm. to get it. So that's, you know, that's always very um, gratifying to hear that. And, um, yeah, so so it, it makes, makes us all feel really good when we can, um, you know, make people happy that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing, Sue. We do really do appreciate right. your time. And the final question of the podcast is, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know, actually. I've never really pondered that question. Um, I I guess as, um, as an individual or as um, a business? Both. Both? Um. I guess I'd like to be remembered as somebody who um, went above and beyond um, to help somebody find some answers um, and um, that we provided a, a, a service that's needed within the community. Amazing. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and it sounds like you're definitely well on your way in that. Uh, I know you've made a pretty big impact in the communities and it's great that it's been able to uh, continue on for all these years for you okay well thank you yeah you're welcome you're welcome and you did great for your first podcast too okay, <laughs> okay. How, how did that feel for you oh it was a little odd <laughs> yeah 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 um no it i i have no idea i i so when do you plan on airing it or yeah, yeah. So it'll be a couple of weeks. We have a couple of uh, episodes backlogged, uh, but new episodes come out every Thursday, and yeah. uh, then I could send you the link via via email, and I'll put all of your like website and all of that information into the show notes for the episode. But yeah, it will it'll go live and get shared uh, 
get shared on places like iTunes and uh, and that kind of thing. And you're welcome to share it if that's something you'd like to do as well. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate all the value that you provided in today's conversation. Oh, okay. I, at one point I thought, hmm, I feel like I'm straying off the topic of candida. <laughs> that's okay. We tend to do that on the podcast. It um, It's one of those things where... It, it's good to it's good to talk about it, but I also like the conversation to go in whatever direction it goes. I feel like the listener isn't necessarily only here for Candida. We have a um, a wide audience, people that it, that are just generally interested in health and mindset, personal development. So all of those topics are are fair game. So oh, okay, well, I've, we probably touched on a fair few of them. <laughs> absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we like to keep it pretty casual here. So thank you for coming on. Uh, Sue, really appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll cross paths in the future. Okay, sounds great. Thank you, Angela. Okay, take care. Yep, you too. Bye-bye. That's a wrap for today's episode, guys. As always, thank you for joining me. Now, if there is a topic that you really want me to dive more into, or perhaps there's an expert that you want me to get onto the podcast to interview, or perhaps you are an expert yourself and there's something that you really want to share, a message that you want to get out, I'm going to invite you right now to either message me on social media. Best way to connect with me is through Instagram, and that is Hauk. That is Ange with an E and underscore UFE Pro. So again, Ange Houck underscore UFE Pro. You can also fire me off an email at HaukAngela at gmail.com. Absolutely would love to have some more guests onto the show. Dive into some more topics of things that you guys really want to learn more about. So got something that you want to share? Feel free to connect with me that way. Last thing I want to say, guys, is... It is Easter weekend. So for those that are celebrating Easter this weekend, happy Easter to you. And that's a wrap, guys. So see you next Thursday. Ciao. Guys, I'm on a really big mission here, and I want to transform one million lives, but I need your help. I can't do it alone. I want you to take this episode, share it with just one person. Maybe it's a friend or a family member or maybe a coworker, just one person who could really benefit from the information in this week's episode or perhaps a previous episode. That is how we create impact. That is how we get this movement going. That's how we take people from feeling tired and just not having a fulfilled life and we put them into fulfilling their full potential. So I challenge you guys to share this with just one person. It would mean the world to me. And as always, head on over to iTunes, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. They come out every single Thursday. That is my commitment to all of you guys so that you guys can continually grow, expand, and fulfill your full potential. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Lots of love. Ange.